I was asked to share a testimony that I call Use Me. So here it is. Um, I was out of the Army, and Mim and I had just bought our first home. I had settled into a new job, and we attended a nearby church. My priority in life seemed to have shifted from spiritual emphasis to pushing hard to advance in my career. However, the pastor at our new church was getting my attention. One particular sermon really grabbed me. He spoke about prayer stools and said that most of us have only two legs on our prayer stools, one for give me, one for help me. And he suggested that we add a third leg to our prayer stool, one for use me. All right, in Psalm 23, there's a scripture that says, my cup overflows. The pastor referred to this and said, perhaps you might picture God as an old man up above with a large wooden pitcher. And when we offer our cup to him, like so, he just keeps on pouring and pouring. We saw some of that in the video. And indeed, our cup overflows. And when it does, it washes out the muck in the bottom of our cup, where we tend to store things like greed, jealousy, lust, anger, unforgiveness, fear, envy. The list could go on and on, but you know what I mean. The pastor suggested that if we really want God to use us, then we need to ask him to wash those things out of our cups. And when he does, then he can use us. The pastor went on to say, there's a condition to offering our cups, that we offer them not tilted, but fully up, so that when he pours into them to wash out those things, he really gets it all. Complete cleansing is accomplished. Well, at this time, we were expecting our third child. Mim's water broke, and off we went to the hospital in the wee hours of the morning. I stayed there until our son was born, and I knew that everyone was okay. Then I went home to sleep. When I got home, I found that the Use Me sermon was hit me very deeply on my mind and on my heart. And I got down on my knees for an hour in our bedroom, and I prayed for God to use me. Well, I didn't have a cup of any kind, so I just made the cup out of my hands. And I asked the Lord to fill my cup and wash out all the muck in the bottom and to use me in his service. That evening, Mim and I walked down the hall in the hospital to see our new son behind the glass partitions. He looked very normal. On the way back, Mim shared with me that her roommate's baby boy was going to have his fourth blood transition. They weren't sure he was going to live. Well... Mim climbed into her bed on the far side of the room and sat leaning back against the upright section of her hospital bed. I pulled up a chair beside her and went to talk to her. Suddenly, a very strong thought came into my mind. It was, ask them if they want prayer for their new baby. I tried to ignore it and talk with Mim, but it came again. Ask them if they want prayer for their new baby. I knew this was from the Lord, and it really shook me up. 
I tried to pretend I was take, talking to Mim and that everything was cool, but I had cold sweat running down my chest, my ribs, and I said silently, Lord, there must be some mistake. This is me, Art. You know that I don't do things like that. That would be very embarrassing, and I don't pray out loud. I tried again to talk to Mim, but there was the same thought. I had to do something. So I turned to the couple in the other bed and said, Mim told me that your new son is having serious medical troubles. Have you called your pastor? They said they had a brand new pastor and that they didn't feel connected to him yet. I mumbled something like, I understand, and I turned back and tried to make small talk with Mim. There it was again. Ask them if they want prayer for their new baby. I was so fearful about this that I wasn't about to do it. So I turned to the couple and I said, have you tried to contact your former pastor at his new location? They said they had, but they had no longer knew how to reach him. So I mumbled something again and again turned back and started to try to talk to men, but there was no relief. Ask them if they want prayer for their new baby. I was feeling the pressure, but I still wasn't ready to give in. So I turned to them and I said, well, have you called the hospital chaplain? Well, they said they had tried to reach him an hour ago, but it had no response. As I turned back to Mim, the same message was coming to me, and I knew I had lost the battle. So I finally said, would you like us to pray for your new son? They said they would. At that point, Mim pivoted around. We went to their bedside and prayed for baby Mark. Then I went home to bed. The next day when I went back to the hospital, I learned that after our prayer, Mark's blood had peaked at the maximum danger point and suddenly dropped like a skier going down a steep slope until it hit normal and simply leveled out. He was out of danger. It was awesome. But I'll tell you, for the next three nights, I could hardly sleep. I was worried. If this is how God starts to use one, what in the world could be next? Well, that was the beginning of God, uh, of me asking God to, to use me. There have been many other times when I asked him, and he did, that I don't have time to share them all. When the Lord had led me into taking an early retirement from DuPont and into a job as a major supplier to DuPont, my new company was in Memphis, and I flew there every month for meetings with my new company. As I did, I would tell the Lord, Lord, my time is your time. And if you can use me, I would really appreciate that. There were many times he used me. Um, well, let me share just one. I had time before my flight home for a quick lunch in the Memphis airport. So I bought a personal pizza and a soda, and I looked for a place to sit in the big food court. I circled through the court, couldn't find an open seat anywhere. Finally, I noticed a table where a woman had sat down and put her purse on the little unoccupied table next to her. I asked her if it would be okay if I sat there. She said it was okay, and she moved her purse. I sat down and started in on my pizza. This was another of those times when I had told the Lord that my time was his time, and I'd like to be used if he saw fit. The Lord had been showing me how to bring up a conversation about him without offending others. And so I eased into this kind of discussion with Beth 
the woman who had moved her purse for me. Within 10 minutes of the time I had sat down, I was in audible prayer with Beth. She and her husband lived in a wonderful home on the lake in Madison, Wisconsin. Her husband had just been offered a job in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She was uptight about leaving her dream home and accepting the job and moving into a completely different climate and culture. She said she was a Christian and was praying about what to do, but her husband was not a Christian. No way was this a coincidence that the Lord had put me at that table. Between DuPont and the Army, I had moved 11 times in 15 years. So I knew all about what it was to be uprooted, and I had the privilege of sharing and praying with Beth for God's leading in the situation. Just as it happened with Mim's maternity roommate and her baby, this was another example of God's willingness to use me when I made myself available. He did it in circumstances that couldn't be arranged with the most sophisticated computer program in existence. And it was another example of what the Lord will do when we are willing to ask him to use us. I could share other times the Lord answered my prayers to be used, but there isn't time tonight. So along with wishing you all a happy new year, I have a suggestion. I sense that those little cards on the chairs may be for New Year's resolutions. I don't know that you've thought of one that says, Lord, use me. Use me. And if you're willing to get down and give him a chance to wash out the muck that we all have in there, you might be pleasantly and fantastically surprised because God can use each of us in special ways in this new year. So thank you for letting me share some of my Use Me stories with you. All right, so uh, we wanted to give a little bit of space for anyone that wants to share. Dan said each of you could share. Everybody doesn't have to share. But if you'd like to, if there was something from this year that you would just like to share, a little 30 seconds, one minute of just a way God was faithful to you, uh, we have a microphone set up right over here, just past Dan, not Dan's microphone, but past him. And if you'd like to, I would invite you just to come and, and share just for 30 seconds to a minute and just let us know what that thought might be for you. I just thank God that he has um, been with me and my husband this last couple months because I've been off work with my knee surgery. And on, I forget what day it was, but in December, my boss called me. She says, hey. She says, we have the shift we need you to fill. I said, well, you know I can't work. She says, no. She says, I just want to let you know you're getting over 50 bucks in your paycheck. Or paycheck. I said, I don't get a paycheck this week. She says, I know. But she says, your clients gave you money so you can, like a Christmas gift. So I thank God he's been there for us. Watching dear Melinda and Dan Fisher transition from their home to the nursing skilled care where they are. I think a number of you know and love Dan and Melinda. Watching prayer be answered has been awesome. And I could take five minutes, but I won't. I think the thing I would share is that we didn't know how to take care of Dan after Melinda had to go to skilled care. And he had nine lonely months living in the big old house and not doing a good job of taking care of himself, even though his daughter was coming down from New York City every other weekend. 
the piece of the puzzle that was missing is how do we handle Dan? God saw fit. Dan is now two doors down from Melinda in the same skilled care facility. And two days ago, he had breakfast in her room with her. There's a lot more to share, but it's awesome. Thank you, Mim, for sharing that. I really appreciate it. I didn't know that. Um, well, I want to thank the Lord. Uh, this year, like probably a lot of you people, uh, brought me through and my wife through um, uh, a stage of the covert virus. Um, and we fared fairly well through that. Um, and on the darker side, I guess you could say, uh, the Lord took my very best friend and his wife, actually, within, I think, a month of each other. Uh, he was my nephew, and we grew up together. I came from a family of 14, and when you have a family that big, a lot of times siblings will marry and will live in the same house. And that's what I think I had two sisters and their husbands and children living in the same house that uh, that I did. So he and I, we were a week apart in age, and we grew up together, did everything together, loved that man so much. And uh, the Lord uh, took him home this year. And like I said, about a month later, took his wife home. And I miss him so much. And the Lord has seen me through this. And I know, I know, Bob, you're in a better place. Love you, brother. I'm going to try to uh, get through this. I might have some difficult times. But uh, as you know, we lost our son over a month ago. Uh, he was dealing with uh, what they call medical de uh, depression for several years. And um, he uh, took his life and... Uh, and uh, you know, I just lay my head in the pillow one night and kept saying, Lord, why did you do this? But then we had a celebration of life service for him. And I was so happy knowing you people that showed up. But one night the Lord did reveal to me that um, he took his life. But uh, during the service, Pastor Corey gave an invitation for people that didn't know him to come and know him. And that was that was the answer the Lord gave to me. I'm hoping that through his, his situation that the Lord will come to know somebody or at least help him to get to know better. Um, and again, I want to, at this time, thank all you people that supported us during this time. Thank you. How was everyone's 22, 2022? Yeah. I think it was pretty good. Um, it's a little bit of a mixed bag as far as um, dealing with a lot of family stuff. Um, so, you know, this church especially, we we actually became partners with, with uh, GFC here back in January. Um, and through this church, actually, we've been able to build relationships with some of you guys and um, incorporate ourselves in youth group and cause some mayhem down there. Um, but, yeah, um, through relationship, I think um, God has surrounded us, um, my family, especially with people that, um, we could get support, um, through. So yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. So thanks guys. Appreciate your love and your support. And, yeah. All right. Last chance. Anybody else want to share? 
we'll keep moving then. If you want to share later, find a friend and share it with them. It'd be great. But thank you to those of you um, who did share. Uh, thanks, Art, for sharing earlier, too. That was a great story. I hadn't heard that story from you before, so that was uh, really cool to hear that. Um, and I, I want to spend just a little bit tonight uh, kind of continuing on that idea of, of God's faithfulness and what that actually looks like. Um, I really enjoy New Year's. New Year's might actually be my favorite holiday. Now, for those of you, you're going to get a little bit of background from Corey. Um, for those of you who didn't grow up in this area, I did grow up very close to this area, even closer to Philadelphia. Um, I grew up with grandparents who were from South Philadelphia. And so if you grew up with family members that were from South Philadelphia, New Year's Day means one thing, and that is the Mummers Parade, right? Now, some people don't get that and think I'm weird. I don't care because the Mummers are kind of weird. But it's one of the things we always enjoyed. And every New Year's Day when I was a kid, I still had great-grandparents that were living down in South Philadelphia. And so we would get up in the morning on New Year's Day, and we would drive into the city, and we would all go to my great-grandmother's house, and we would eat hot dogs with sauerkraut like you're supposed to and God intended. And we would watch the parade on TV, and then the parade would come down 2 Street, and we would go out to 2 Street, and we would watch the bands that we just watched on TV. And as a kid, watching something on TV and then being able to go see it live, like, two hours later was the coolest thing, right? And we just love to do that. And so New Year's has always been a special thing to me. And I I enjoy the idea of getting to plan the coming year and getting to invest in what is going to be and and getting excited about that. And so tonight, I just want to share a few verses with us and kind of help us think through what we can do with this time, right? New Year's is a time we think about Um, maybe making new goals for ourselves or what that's going to look like. So how do we do that in a way that is reflecting our walk with Jesus as well? And so the place we're going to go tonight, bet you didn't guess this, but we're going to go to Lamentations chapter 3, okay? So if you had Lamentations on your church bingo card for the year, here you go. You get to fill that square. Not a typical place you go, um, but Lamentations. I I didn't know, right, you guys sharing, sharing your testimonies. I didn't know what we were going to share, but I think it's very helpful um, with what we're looking at tonight. So in Lamentations chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 19. By the way, the follow-along is there, so if you would like to open your phone or your tablet and go to the follow-along for tonight, you can. So Lamentations 3 verses 19 and 20 say this, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Now, we haven't read the whole chapter, but if you want to go back and read all of Lamentations 3, it's at the beginning part especially, it is a, it's not a good chapter. It's a lot of suffering, a lot of frustration, a lot of lamenting, as you would think in Lamentations, right? And I think it's interesting that the author says, I'm not going to forget this. And many times, like I think about this, if I'm going through a difficult time, my thought is, I just want to get through this and be done right? I want to move on and forget about it. And yet the author of Lamentation says, I'm not going to just forget about it. I'm going to remember it. I think that's an important thing to say. Then he goes to uh, chapter 21. He says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Verses 22 and 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh or anew each morning. So this is where you get the song, right? Great is thy faithfulness and your mercies are new every morning. We, I think we sang that tonight. He goes on in verse 24 and says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. 
therefore I will hope in him. And I don't know, right, we, we heard from some people. I don't know what all of 22 was like for you, right? Maybe some of us, if we went around, 22 was maybe the hardest year we've known yet. Maybe we go around and for some others of us, 22 was a great year, right? Just being honest, personally, 2022 wasn't the worst year ever. It wasn't great. Actually, I would say 2020 was a better year for us than 22, just to put it in perspective. So everybody's experience is different, and we go through different stuff, and we kind of see where we're at and what goes on. And as we reflect on that, we kind of see, okay, what was good? What was bad? How do I learn from that? And the first thing I would say is this, that without struggle, there is no growth, right? Without struggle, there's no growth. And this isn't a Bible theory, right? This is a, this is just understood in the world, right? If you're going to get stronger, you have to lift heavy things. That's a struggle. That's difficult. If you're going to run for a long distance, you're going to have to keep building up and running and doing things. If you're going to do something silly like hold your breath for longer, right? You're going to have to go through a struggle to teach yourself to do those things. So when there's struggle in life, there's growth. And here's the thing I think maybe the author of Lamentations is helping us understand, is that forgetting your pain means ignoring your progress. If we were to just move on from the struggle we had and forget about it, we wouldn't see the progress that we make through the struggle. I'll give you two examples of this, right? If someone's going to lose a bunch of weight, right, they're going to take a before and an after picture because they want to be able to see what, what was the reason I made the decision to, to do this. And then the after picture is I, I was then able to accomplish it. You can do this with little kids too, right? You take a picture every year and you watch them grow. You see how they've progressed. One of the ways that I, I've liked to do this over the years is I like at different times to go hiking. And it's kind of fun to, to go on a hike and maybe you know how far you're going to go, but then you go back and you look at exactly how far you went. And what's that an indication of? It's an indication of how much progress you made. And you look back at where you were and where you're at. And if we just forget the bad stuff, sometimes we ignore the progress that we've made. And remember, the author said this too, right? The love, mercy, and faithfulness of God never end. And so he says, I dare to hope. And so in that, our hope shouldn't either. If those three things are true all the time and they're new and they're good and they're for us, it means that we shouldn't lose hope in those moments where we don't know what to do. Another way of maybe saying what I just said is that if you forget your pain, it means ignoring God's faithfulness. It's easy for us. Maybe I'll just say it's easy for me, right? I'll talk for me. It's easy for me to say I would rather run away from the pain and the struggle and the difficulty but when I ignore that, I don't see how God has been faithful. You know, your best friend in the world or the person that you have the strongest relationship with, you have and I have the strongest relationships with those people because we've gone through difficult times together, not because we've gone through easy times together. And so when you see that, you see their faithfulness when you walk through difficult times together. The same is true of our relationship with God. That when we walk through those difficult times, when we dig into that, we understand that growth comes through struggle. When we look at God, he walks through it with us, and we see his faithfulness in those moments. Here's the last thing I would say about this, right? In your struggle, or in my struggle, is where God will show you his strength. So, you know, I, I hope, I really do, I hope that 22 was one of those years that was awesome, right? 
And we all hope that 23 is better than 22, right? We all hope that the coming year is better than the last one. Even if the last one was good, it's like, oh, great. Well, if we can just go up and to the right every time, that'd be awesome, right? But we also know that there's going to be difficult days. And sometimes the best thing we can do is say, I'm going to be prepared for the difficulty and trust what God's going to do in his love and his mercy and his faithfulness. I want to just go back to verse 24 and touch on one more thing. 20, Lamentations 3, 24, he says, As I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The idea of inheritance is very interesting in Scripture. And it's not just an Old Testament idea. It comes up in the New Testament a lot, too. And so I want to show us somewhere where that happens. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter has this conversation about inheritance. And in verse 3 of chapter 1, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. Verse 4. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 5. And through your faith, God is protecting by his power, protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Same inheritance, right? The inheritance is coming. And Jesus offers us that inheritance to know what's going to be in the future. Inheritance is, is interesting when you think about it from a worldly perspective too. Like you, when you think about it and you look forward, and you go, okay, maybe you're waiting. Like, I'm, I'm sure if my dad was here, he'd be like, don't be waiting on much, right? But maybe you're thinking forward and you're going, there's something that's going to come to me. It's something that you didn't necessarily earn. Maybe it's the family business or it's something like that, right? It's, it's handed down to you and you didn't earn it. And that's exactly what salvation is. It's the opportunity to inherit something, be given something by God through Jesus that we didn't earn. And I would say this, this is the last thing your inheritance will dictate your perspective. If you understand, and I understand, the inheritance that's coming to us, the reality of that, that we will be able to experience God's love and mercy and faithfulness forever in his presence when we pass on into the next life, it will change our perspective in this life. And I would encourage us, right? The best thing we can do walking into 2023 is to be completely dependent on his love, his mercy, and his faithfulness, no matter what comes. And I don't think we need to be doomsday and preparing for the worst all the time, but there's a principle out there that says, prepare for the worst and you'll be ready for the best, right? We don't know what this year is going to be like. But when our perspective is, we know our inheritance. We know what Jesus has given us. We know who we are in him. It's going to change the way we see what we experience in 2023. And I would encourage us to find that space and be able to trust him because we know the inheritance that's coming to us, even on those difficult days. So here's what I want to do to wrap up our time. We're going to sing a couple more songs in just a little bit. But, but as we get there, the band's going to come up and they're going to, just going to start to play a little bit. I have three questions I want us to process. And here's how this will work, okay? I did put... Uh, on the ends of the rows, there are papers that just have a little one, two, and three on them. That's all they are. And so if you're a, a physical write-it-down person, you can grab one of those. If you're more of a, I'd rather 
type it into my phone, you can do that, okay? But I want us to process some of this together and think about what, where we've been and where we're going and what God's faithfulness does as we process that. So here's the first thing I want you to do. I, the first thing I want you to name is name one way God was faithful to you in 2022. So some of you have already answered that, right? You stood up here and did it. You get extra bonus points, okay? You can still write that down. Your number one is done. For the rest of us that didn't share, we get to write that down and just process, how was God faithful to me in 2022? Here's the second thing. Name one thing you need to give God control of in 2023. So sometimes, if you're like me, right, we like to keep control of things. We like to try and manipulate things. We like to try and not let God have them because we're worried, right? Art said earlier, he, he thought about, oh no, this is the way God used me. What's he going to do next, right? Why? Because he was offering it to God and it was in his control and not Art's anymore. So what's something that you need to give God control of and say, use me or you take control. You do what you want to do with this. And the third thing is, Name one way you want God to grow you in 2023. Now, I have to be careful with this one because this isn't a, a, a wish for a genie, right? So it's not like, oh, God, just grow me. Do this in my life, right? There's some work on our end that needs to happen too when spiritual growth happens, right? What, in struggle comes growth. And so some of this reflection might be what's a habit or what's a process or what's something that you need to pick up and got you asking God to grow you in 23. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to give just a little bit of space. One of the things that we tried to do as a church, as we had a conversation with the elders, was build some of these times into our experience, worship experiences where we got to just kind of pause and be for a moment and process. And so the band's going to play for a little bit. You can process this. You can pray over it. If you're coming up with blanks, you can take this paper home and you can do it later. You can type it in later. But here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to put this somewhere that's a reminder to you. It could be in your wallet could be on your mirror, could be on your dashboard, could be something else. Put it somewhere that's a reminder to you. Set, a, set an alarm on your phone or something like that so that you'll remember what these things are that you're processing, all right? I'm gonna pray, the band will play for a little bit and then we'll sing our last two songs together. We'll be out of here, all right? Lord God, thank you um, for this idea of reflecting through pain. That pain is not always an indication of bad or wrong or that we should just get away from it, but it can actually be a sign of growth and process and faithfulness. And God, I just ask that you would make it clear the things that we're processing tonight, um, that we would, you would bring to our minds the ways that you were faithful to us, that you would bring to mind something that we need to give control of to you you would bring to mind something that would be a really good growth for us in 2023. And I ask that we, as a church family, would be able to rally around one another and encourage these things in each other as we step into the new year. In Jesus' name.